The following podcast is sponsored by Endgame PR, a social media PR firm based near Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about how Endgame PR can help your business with media relations, social media management, content creation, and even podcast production, please visit endgamepr.com. That's E-N-D-G-A-M-E-P-R.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Here's what you're not going to hear today. You're not going to hear any, well, Vince Williams got hurt. Well, they didn't have Highland. Well, they didn't have Keyshawn Curry. No excuses. Yes. VCU had some difficult obstacles in front of them, but they could have overcome them. They had the ability to overcome them, and what's more, they had the players to overcome them, and they didn't do it. And there's a lot of reasons they lost this game to Davidson. Again, I I will say the effort effort they put in, I'm not questioning that at all. Especially in the first half, VCU met the challenge that was in front of them, and and I couldn't I couldn't be anything but happy with how they got after it in the game. There were just some little things here and there that were costing them, but in the second half, defensively, they let this game get away from them, and that's one of the reasons why they lost this game. Uh, I, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with this. I was so pleased with their defensive plan in the first half. They were not going to let doggone Davidson. Kill them from the three-point line as often as they had. They were not going to let it happen. Davidson was two for 11 in the first half from three, and they were willing to accept things like Brockovich going inside. And 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 Davidson, to their credit, Davidson, to their credit, uh, didn't force it. You know, they didn't go crazy with the three-pointers in the first half. Uh, you know, they 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 were they were willing. To accept that, and they were and they were really good on two pointers early, but VCU's plan was right. But in the second half, granted, they got control of it at the end of the game, but by then it was too late. In the second half, they started to fall in the trap just a little bit. And against a team like Davidson, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't. If you're going to double team, you better really double team. If you're not going to do that, then you stay with your man. You got to go over the screens and you got to fight over the screens. And there was a couple times they didn't do that. And when you look at this game, 65-57 Davidson, and you see Davidson hit five threes in the second half. And that was critical, critical against the two that VCU hit. You know, I mean, that was, and, and remember, you know, and that's the difference in the game in a lot of respects. And it's frustrating because VCU did a lot of things really well. Uh, unfortunately, they missed some foul shots that could have that, that they needed to make as they were trying to come back. And yeah, the Vince Williams thing hurt a lot, but but that's the thing. What is it that always frustrates me about VCU? Because I've seen it time and again, too many times. Guys just decide, well, I've got to do it myself. Somebody's got to step up, so it's going to be me. No. On offense, 
You run the offense. You play as a team. You play as a collective. That is how you overcome missing players. When you look at that game against St. Louis, they did that. And they did that for almost the entire game. Now, granted, St. Louis is a tough team defensively, and it showed. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, it was it was as close as it was, is that even doing that, it still they still miss Highland out there. When when something like Vince Williams turning his ankle and going down happens, you've got to be even more willing to do that because you're not nobody's out there that you can sit here and say, well, they can get their own shot. And I'm happy with them taking it one on anybody, not even Baldwin, not even Ace Baldwin. So it's like you you just you just you've got to trust yourself. You've got to trust yourself, yes, but you've got to trust your teammates. You have to trust your teammates. And there was just too many possessions in the second half where that didn't happen. And the and the color announcer, Brooke Risebrod, who was a very good player in her own right uh, as a college player, she called that out early. She called that out early in the second half that there were too many possessions with one shot, one pass or two passes, and the shot goes up. No, no, no. And it's and and it's tough because Davidson was there for the taking. You think about the middle of that half, particularly when Watkin when they get the intentional foul or the flagrant one on the play uh, that uh, what's his face uh, Huffman fouls Watkins had a chance to take the lead there. You only make the one free throw. You get nothing on the on the getting the ball the second time, and that was about four or five possessions in a row that were empty, and that, that cost them. And and it's just, God, I mean that's the thing. I know what, and that's the other thing. People are going to look at this and say, you know what? They're they're going to look at the Williams thing and give this team an out for that. They still could have won this game in spite of that. I know it doesn't look like it because they lost by eight. They could have won this team game in spite of that. But they, again, you don't have a lot of margin for error. So you can't, so here's what you can't do. You can't be just throwing up a shot early in the shot clock and not making Davidson defend. There was far too much of that. Here's the other thing you can't do. You can't, if you're going to leave your man, then you need to be fully committed to whatever double team it is to try to stop the ball going to your man. Ward, Douglas, Watkins, all of them. Just about all of them were, were sitting here. They would leave their guy, and, they, and, and in Ward's case, he just stood in space. He just stood in space, and it goes out to his guy who hits a three. And it's like, dude, you know, why are you leaving your guy and just standing there and doing nothing? Uh-uh. It's like uh, Menen- Menenga, whatever his name is, he's, he's hit one. He's hit some outside shots, so you got to get out to him. Doggone, doggone Ward. Acting like he's going to go to Lee, except he's a foot and a half away from Lee and Watkins is coming. Look, if you're not going to get right in Lee's grill, then you need to stay with your man. You didn't. It's a layup. They hit that. That's where these backdoor cuts came from. VCU's Saints, VCU players on defense. And again, I didn't think they were bad defensively, even though Davidson shot nearly 50% from the field. I really didn't. I didn't think they were that bad defensively in this game. But that came from VCU players leaving their man and not doing anything consequential with it. If you're not going to do something of consequence, then stay there. Don't sit here and just stand in the middle of nowhere doing nothing. No. Stay there. 
doggone it. And it's just and, – and, and that happens three or four times and it costs you the game. That's three or four possessions where that kind of stuff happened and you lose by eight. In a game where the other team was, was – even though they shot the ball well, the other, you, there were times where you had the other team stopped and you were able – and you had the opportunity to make up ground because you were getting empty possessions. Look, VCU did a great job on the backboard. We were all so frustrated these last two games. They didn't do well on the backboard against a team, Davidson, that surprisingly rebounds the ball well. VCU's plus 11. They're plus eight on, on uh, offensive rebounds. They did a much better job on second chance in the second half. They outscored them, uh, uh, what was it, eight to, eight to three in the second half on second chance points. So, or excuse me, eight to four. So you're doing those things. But here's the problem. They had opportunities on turnovers. They didn't take advantage of them. They only had 12 points off turnovers tonight, off 11 Davidson turnovers, and you know a couple times in transition, just not getting the shot they want. And, I, and I'll bring up something Doug Hines talks about all the time. And Doug, Doug Hines is right to talk about this all the time. Can we, te- can we teach our players down low that once in a while, do a, sh- do a pump fake, do a shot fake? Because – with the exception of one time where Corey Douglas did it great and got an easy layup, how many times did VCU guys go get at the get at the ball at the basket and go straight up and get blocked? It happened too many times. Or they go straight up and their shot would get deflected. And it's like, look, everybody's expecting that. So give it one fake. Give it one shot fake or pump fake and then go up. And the other thing too, please. Hassan Ward, Jameer Watkins in particular. This going up with one hands on the dunks is not working for you. And, and Isaac made a point that was fair that sometimes you just can't go with up with two hands. But, but seriously, this happens over and over again. They get up there, one hand or two hand, one hand on the dunk and it doesn't go in or it gets blocked or whatever. you got to go with two hands, especially you, Hassan Ward, especially you. I don't think I've ever seen Hassan Ward uh, dunk dunk the ball with any kind of with with uh, well with with two hands. No, you have got to absolutely must have to go with two hands on that. So you know it's it's just little it's it's just these things here and there. It's some most of these are little things. You know they missed some foul shots in the second half, eight to twelve, and and. You know, again, the num- the final number's not bad, fifteen to twenty. That's about where their average is. But when you're when when you're up against it like they were, you need every bit that you can get. And and look, not you know, we talk about the offense and not sharing the ball. Here's the biggest indictment: nineteen field goals made, seven assists. So it's not happening. Seven assists, fifteen turnovers. Really not happening. You know that that is. Huh. I mean, an ace ball when at least, you know, didn't score in the second half, also didn't turn the ball over in the second half. So he got a few assists. But uh, the reason, one of the reasons Davidson won this game is that they were able to just get enough out of Kellen Grady, even though VCU did a fairly good job at, at trying to contain him. Unfortunately, Davidson paid particular attention to ace Baldwin, and we could net him, never get him going. Not the way we could. There was not enough. There was not enough, you know, 
screening. And I saw it a few times where they would screen for Baldwin to try to get him loose. And it just wasn't working there. You know, Baldwin's shot selection was somewhat questionable at times. Uh, a couple other things. I wasn't happy with Mike Rhodes, especially in the second half today. The first one is, again, not using a timeout until it's too late. When that thing gets to six and Grady makes the layup, I don't care that you're right before the under eight. Take the freaking timeout. No, go down, miss a shot, or just turn it over. Here comes the Steve. Uh, uh, they get it back and they get a backdoor cut and a dunk. You take the timeout when you're down eight. Too late. And especially with Williams out of the game, you cannot just expect this team without Highland and Williams on the floor to work their way out of it themselves. God dang it. Well, Stephen Keck, Belk Arena is a tough place for a lot of people, and it's just not a place where we play well. The good thing about this game is it's not like some of our other trips to Belk Arena where we've gotten our head handed to us. You know, it's not like, I mean, golly. And, of course, one of the years we lost down there at Belk Arena to end the season, they turned around and won the tournament a week later. Let's hope for similar. But that's number one. And number two, Levi Stocker just didn't have it today. He didn't have it. And while Douglas didn't do that great against Brockovich defensively either, I'd have played him. Heck, even try Medley Bacon. I know Brockovich is very skilled, and that might have been a mismatch in terms of skill. But at least Brockovich can't back Medley Bacon's big old self down the way he backed everybody else down and got in there. But but Levi Soccer today just didn't have it. I, I didn't. I don't mind starting him there, but it's pretty clear. He he's just he did he just was not able to handle Brockovich's size. So so Douglas needed to be in there from the start in the second half. And as far as I'm concerned, outside of maybe a, a spot here or a spot there, he wouldn't have been coming off the field for me. He wouldn't have been coming off the, the court for me. Um uh, yeah, no, and I Mike Urbanski, that's that's a very good point. He says, did anyone pick up on Brockovich? not going left yet every time we've been on the left fake. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, I mean, that's where you Douglas is played against him. So he should know better. The other guys, the other guys got to learn that or they got to do more film study. And what you hope is if they play Davidson again in the tournament, they'll not fall for that nonsense this time. Oh, so, so VCU will be the two seed. A lot of people in our fan group have been saying that will end up being better for VCU, depending on who's in the had that half of the draw. We'll see about that on Monday when all the games are finished. I will say, uh, to to credit to credit Mike Rhodes, didn't force it with Highland today, which I'm happy about. I you know I I wasn't thrilled on Wednesday seeing him bouncing up and down and seeing him taking practice things. I thought it was too soon. I, they didn't show if he was in any kind of a walking boot today. I would have liked to have seen that. You've got to be careful with him. You want to have him healthy for the quarterfinal. And look, that quarter, if they had won today, I would have said VCU's in no matter what happens in the, in the quarterfinal coming up. Now it's kind of touch and go. You don't want to be losing that quarterfinal game and then facing a week-long wait. Uh, you know, seven or eight days waiting for that selection something Sunday, hoping you make it. So Bones Highland, if he is, if he can go and he really is, you know, ninety, you know, eighty-five percent or eighty percent or better, 
then he needs to be in that quarterfinal game against whoever it is, whether it's Rhode Island, Mason, I don't know. I was sort of hoping we'd, fo- we'd win this game today and then maybe say to ourselves, you know what, we don't have to play him in the quarterfinal. Let's just go with it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, and, and Mike Urbanski, you're absolutely right. You don't like seeing blue buds, bloods on the bubble because you know the committee's going to be predisposed to giving them the at-large bid instead of VCU even if they're not the better team, even if they don't have the better profile, uh, you know, that's the case. Uh, and, and Steven, I understand that about who we playing as of now. It's fun to, it's fun to look at just for the heck of it, but we still have games today, games tomorrow and games Monday. It could all completely change. So I, I, I I'm not going to go with any of that stuff because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait until we see what the matchups are. Um, let's give a call out to Josh Banks, who could have played more today and probably should have. Uh, Josh Banks gave them some energy. And what I love is that Josh Banks, when he got the ball, he was going to the basket every time. And something else, Jameer Watkins, one out of eight from three today. And the only one he took was that miracle that was beat the shot clock buzzer. Jameer Watkins... When you get a lane, put the ball on the floor. Because what I saw today is that Jameer Watkins can drive the basket and is very good at going to the basket. So somebody needs to get in Jameer Watkins' ear and tell him, you put the ball on the floor. Because that is something that you're really good at. Put the ball on the floor, go to the basket. A couple times today, he did it very nicely. One time he did it, then dropped a beautiful pass off the ward and it didn't get finished, which was really infuriating because, you know, that would have been a great assist. That said, Watkins, 10 rebounds today. You love that. Uh, part of the reason VCU did so well on the backboard, he's got a double-double. Ward had a double-double today. And you'd think normally a situation like that, they'd win the game. But, you know, Ace struggled. No Vince Williams the last 10 minutes. Uh, didn't get enough out of the other guys as well. Oh. <sighs> So that's the end of the season. Uh, ten and four. Ten and four is not bad given the given the situation. That Mason loss really sticks in you because that's gonna you know that's gonna end up perhaps costing them a conference championship. Uh, and that's one that that that's one that really that really gets kind of gets in your throat a little bit. Um. And you know what, Jonathan Barty? That's a very good point about middle touches. The, the the problem is not a lot of players because of the way the game is and the analytics revolution and all that. Not a lot of players are com- comfortable with that with what you're talking about. A middle touch that seven to fifteen foot range. Players aren't enough comfortable with that. But you're absolutely right because that that kind of situation, if you can get those shots and you can make those shots. That you can get yourself better spacing that way. And one thing about Davidson, and this is the other reason Davidson won today, even when VCU was taking Kellen Grady out of the game, you did not see them lose their principles. You saw the ball movement. You saw the off-ball movement. You had the spacing there. And the spacing is absolutely critical. Absolutely critical. So, so that's, you know, that's one of those things – there's there, there are reasons why Davidson's so tough and why why we had such a tough time down there. That's one of them. Their best player 
you know, is is not producing, but they're still going to do what they do because they're going to rely on their system to find enough offense to win. Now, it doesn't always come off. It does not always come off, but that's that's kind of key. Um, yeah, A struggled, Harold Culpepper. I thought he was better in the second half. Again, no turnovers in the second half, uh, but no points either. And they certainly needed offense from him. Uh, but again, shot, shot selection from him was not great. It was not great from Watkins either. And that's the frustrating thing about Williams getting hurt. You know, Williams was four for eight from the field. And the reason was Williams wasn't forcing a lot of shots. And I was very happy with the way a lot of the things Williams did out there. And it's just frustrating that we didn't get, you know, that we, we didn't get the full game from him because he certainly would have made a difference. But it's not why they lost this game. They lost this game because they they got out of things that were working well for them, number one. And number two, they they had some mental lapses. And, and against a team like Davidson especially, you have a mental lapse. They are going to make you pay every time. That's just – that's how they are. They are going to make you pay. So you can't do it. You can't. You can't play good defense and then let them get the backdoor cut in the last, you know, two three seconds of the of the set and get a and get a layup right at the shot to beat the shot clock buzzer. That happened one of the times today, and that was, you know, that was that was a real that was in the first half, and that was one of those moments where it felt like VC was starting to get on top, and then that happens. So, you know, it's tough to play. It, Davidson is as much a mental game as it is a physical game. And yeah, Doug Hines, there a lot of that is true. Uh, you know, Davidson is is and has always been a high IQ basketball team, and that and that is exactly how uh, that is that is exactly how they get the job done. Is that they're willing to rely on you making mistakes. That's the first thing. They'll let you make mistakes and lose the game. But the other thing is they're going to stick to their principles. And I was just frustrated because again, I was. Very happy with VCU in the first half. The plan was solid. They stuck to it. And I was, you know, I was confident that they could, that if they stuck with what they were doing, they were going to win this game. The thing is, they got away from it in the second half. Davidson made some adjustments, sure. You know, I saw some criticism about, you know, they were eventually going to make threes. Yes and no. They they were going to make some threes. But the reason they made as many as they did in the second half is that VCU got away from what was working for them. And yes, some of that's Davidson's offense, but you we 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 talked about it on two different occasions with the three. It was a guy leaving his man for no reason, not doing anything consequential with it, and it gets to his man and he hits the shot. You know, that's not that's not a bad necessarily a bad adjustment or a lack of adjustments by 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 Mike Rhodes or good adjustments by doggone um by doggone Bob McKillop. That's VCU players just for a second, just a mental lapse, just losing a little bit of focus. That's where that came from. And that is that's what's so frustrating because you just can't do it against these Davidson kids. You just can't do it. You have got to stick, you've got to stick to your principles and you've got to do what you are supposed to. You cannot. You you cannot get away from them, and you can't and you can't let things slip, uh, even for a second, because you're going to pay the piper. You are going to pay the piper when you do. So, you know that's that's where that comes from. And yes, Mike Urbanski, you're absolutely right. Now you know Saint Bonaventure as of now is a quad one win. So uh, we got to root for 
Uh, we got to root for St. Bonaventure now to do the business, to do, to do, to do the business for us uh, and, and keep on winning because that quad one win is crucial. That is crucial. And if I'm not mistaken, this is our first quad two loss of the year. And that's the thing. They were 8-0 in quad two until, uh, I guess, until St. Bonaventure got to quad one today and we lost today. So that's tough. But, but even still, uh, week off now. Not going to play until I guess it's uh, I guess it's Friday. Good, they need it. Let's cross our fingers and toes that Vince Williams thing is just just your typical, you know, twisted ankle, and then and he'll and he'll be fine for Friday. Same with Highland, Keyshawn Curry. Work through what you got to work through, young man. And if you're not ready to come back, you're not ready to come back. Um, you know, because he's in a tough you know that's a tough situation with his family and all that. Uh, and and I don't blame him. He got he's got to take as much time as he needs. Also, let's think about this too. Even with a week off, and even though if if Highland is back, uh, we we don't want to be playing Baldwin forty minutes. You know, thirty nine minutes, forty minutes. It's kind of clear that he's not ready for that yet. It was one thing against St. Louis. He did a great job. I think it's I think it kind of told today. I think playing that many minutes a second time. I think really you saw it today. Uh, he didn't have that zip and go that he normally has. Uh, I think that that's kind of very, very, very clear. So, you know, whatever happens on Friday, whatever the lineup looks like, let's get Baldwin back in that you know lower thirties because I really do think at this point as a freshman, you know, he need that's where he's going to be most effective. Anyway. I want to thank everybody for for watching and, and commenting. If you're listening to this pod on Podbean or Apple, rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate that. Share it around. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends all that. Um, I think as of now, I'm actually off Friday and working Saturday. And I think now that that uh, that the quarterfinal game has become uh, really crucial. Uh, I think. Uh, I think I'm going to keep it that way and work Friday and, and be off Friday to hopefully watch that game live with you guys, and then work you know work Saturday and do it and do a uh, wrap up recap afterwards. And and yeah, Brooke Wisebrod, uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed her commentary. I think I mean she's an ex player and she's a recent ex player, and the good thing about recent ex players is they still have that enthusiasm for the game and they've not been they're they're not overly polished. To me, sometimes you get color commentators that are too overly polished and they lose and they don't have that enthusiasm for the game that they had when they played. And they're not, you know, they're not as frank and honest about certain things. That that was that was something I enjoyed is that Brooke Wisebrod thought and talked and acted like somebody who was still playing the game. And there was just certain things and the way she 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 put it and the way she commented on him that I really appreciated. And I think, you know, added to added to the uh, the the visual and auditory experience of watching the game today. So, yes, Brooke Weisbrod did a good job. So uh, I will hopefully be with you guys live Friday after what it will hopefully be a quarterfinal win that will make sure that we get in the tournament. And then, you know, next Saturday, probably not. I'll probably be listening on the phone as I'm driving around. Uh, and then I'm, ho- I'm certainly going to try to get uh, March 14th off for Selection Sunday. Hopefully VCU's playing that day in the A-10 final in this weird schedule. But it's been a very good regular season. I want to tip my cap to, to uh, the entire, the all the players and the coaching staff 
preseason pick ninth, going to finish second. You know, not that far off from finishing, you know, in a tie for a championship or in a championship spot. So you got you to tip your cap uh, to everybody, you know, have to get this kind of a record and to deal with the challenges that, that the pandemic's thrown up. Only one pause, only had to have one game rescheduled as a result of it. So they did a great job there. You know, go back to that tournament in South Dakota, which they played at. Got into it literally the last minute, winning two out of three. Uh, you know, that's really set the tone. And this team's come a long way with, with you know, so much roster turnover. And now let's get in this postseason. Let's have a good run in this conference tournament so that we can get into the big tournament and show what we want to do. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching. Keep commenting if you're in the Facebook group because I love the conversation as always. Thank you all for listening. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.